Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. Hi, Max. Hello. How you feeling? You know, I'm a little woozy, but otherwise okay. Why are you woozy, buddy? Uh, I was just helping Maurice move some things. Yeah, is his thumb still purple? Uh, it turns out he's actually been dead for about five years. Five? Five years. That's I, I am not any kind of autopsyist. Sure. But five years. I'm putting date, time of death five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know you weren't an official autopsy. I was not an autopsy tour. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That is what they call it overseas. You know what? Um, maybe the knife puppy. I'm surprised he hasn't decomposed after five he years. He may actually be alive. Do corpses breathe at all? Because I think they're, they can post-mortem. Well, are the discs moving up and down? On a little bit, bu- yeah. Oh. A little bit, yeah. Well, get the knife puppy over there. Get him to lance whatever that, I think, thumb is. Just okay. lance that. Let that lance bleed out it. a little okay. bit. Yep. I think that uh, might help. You know what's great is if somebody's starting this episode and they haven't listened to the last couple, they're just like, what in the actual hell? Yeah. That's my favorite part. We never, never go back you know no. we don't we don't explain this is what's happening in real time yeah we're just keeping None you posted made up some of you people like maurice i don't know why i just discovered he's real that's I mean, he may be i'm convinced he's been dead for five years he's a lovable scamp either way yeah he's very effective at being a corpse and still producing this podcast it doesn't take much <laughs> no <laughs> no he's certainly proven that if nothing else yeah oh boy well, Max, it's time to talk about movies to you, to me. Would you like to go first, or would you like for me to go first? I'll go first. Let's do it. 2020, Tales of the Uncanny. Tales of the Uncanny, all right. I watched this on January 12th of 2021, to be nice. precise. It is one hour and 44 minutes. It is a documentary. Ooh, okay. Uh, directed by David Gregory, starring Ashim Aluthawaya? I'm sorry. Again, handwriting. Chris Alexander and Yoko Anwar. The movie summary is a documentary collecting and chronicling the films in the horror subgenre of anthology. Oh, man. Yes. What? Yep. So seven films put this out, and it is literally a history of horror anthology from its inception and early films all the way through. Oh, you're going to watch all the movies they mentioned. I I have a list. Nice. (laughs) I have not missed a ton, believe it or not. I believe it. (laughs) Um, So it's pretty interesting in terms of they were, it started off as they were going to do special features for one of the films they had gotten rights to. And then the pandemic hit. So they're just like, shit, we have like all this, like what was going to be special feature footage. And they're like, you know what? Let's reach out to some people and let's just do some digital stuff and see if we can talk to more people and expand what was like a 20 minute special feature into something about documentary or the documentary in about horror anthology. That's really cool. Yeah. Pretty neat concept and something to do during the pandemic, which I thought was really fun. And so they actually succeeded. They reached out to a ton of filmmakers, a ton of critics from different eras, a bunch of people who were noteworthy just in the horror space. And it's really a super impressive deep dive into the world of horror anthology. So if you're interested, it's not anything that's going to blow you away. It's a chronological plot. Like, here's the first one. Here's what they kind of based it on. And here's how it proceeded from there. They definitely hang a light on particularly good ones that may have flown under the radar and also really interesting segments of movies that may not have otherwise worked. So they kind of give you like this neat little roadmap to horror anthology. Do they bury uh, Mickey Rooney on that one? Not too badly. Really? (laughs) But there's a lot of fun stuff in a couple movies I just hadn't seen at all that I was just like, oh, that's 
one I need to see. And then a couple in the movies that I was like, eh, where I like, I remember that, or I remember that specific segment because it was so much better than the rest of the film. Mm. So it's fun to kind of watch and just like relate to like, oh yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. The rest of this film was kind of poop, but this one segment really stands out. So it was a lot of fun to watch. And if you're into horror anthology, it's definitely a watch. If you're not into horror anthologies, you're really not going to take a lot out of this because it is literally just like a hyper nerdy deep dive into horror anthology. So if it's something you're thinking about trying, definitely give it a whirl because it goes over a ton of the British stuff that was coming out from Amicus and uh, Hammer. Well, Amicus, like the, the weird little brother of Hammer. And it gets into a lot of the you know, creep shows in there, of course. You know what I mean? Like the really big ones. And like I said, some I'd never heard of that ended up kind of uh, picking up and kind of making the genre progress forward. So it's like really neat to see. And they talk to like Joe Dante and a bunch of like filmmakers who were all like, oh yeah, you should definitely check these out. Or these are ones we really like. Some people who worked on the movies. It's really surprising what they managed to cobble together. That's cool that they did that due to the pandemic. They really yeah. put something cool together. Absolutely. So like kind of then I guess the negatives are there's not a whole lot to grip it and kind of progress it forward other than just these are horror anthology movies. And a lot of the footage is the best quality because they were just using webcams and mics that the people had at home. They did a nice job of cleaning most of it up. There's nothing that's like unwatchable or unlisten to sure. So everything was pretty decent, but some of it's a little rawer than others. So they had a tough time, you know what I mean, getting a perfect master because there were so many different pieces of technology and things, which is understandable. So if you're willing to take a little bit of, you know what I mean, latitude with the quality, you're going to get something really interesting out of it. Right. IMDb gives this a 7.6 out of 10. This film to Rotten Tomatoes does not exist. Ooh. And I give it a 7 out of 10. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very fun. That's awesome. I like that you found a documentary about anthology. Yes, I knew you'd appreciate that. I definitely, definitely do. That's, <laughs> that's some next level shit, man. I know. will never be topped ever. <laughs> All right, well, I got a movie. Hmm. And it's from 2017. Okay. And I watched it on July 11th. Mm-hmm. See that theme? Bus Party. To hell. I see. I swear to God, that's what this is called. Okay. It's an hour 21. You're, At least it's short. Yeah. Your genre, comedy horror, directed by Rolf Ken, Kenefsky. Absolutely how you say it. Yep. I'm pretty sure he was a kid on Ed, Ed and Eddie. Oh, okay. Starring Tara Reid. Oh, I've heard of her. Jillian Newton and Shelby McCulloch. Okay. Tara Reid is only in the beginning of this movie. Um, but she has an okay role. She is tying together. She, basically, you're seeing kind of like the end of what's happening to her. Okay. As it's going to be relevant to this bus that's going to encounter a similar problem. Oh, okay. So your IMDb movie summary. When a party bus on its way to Burning Man, filled with a bunch of sexy young adults, breaks down in the desert, and in the middle of a group of satanic worshippers, all hell breaks loose. Okay. Yes. So the hills have eyes meet like Burning Man. Yes. With a description like that, how could I not watch this piece of crap? Oh my goodness. So my bullet points. Tara Reed is just in the intro and... She does okay. She's clearly just getting a paycheck. Absolutely. Uh, it's a mix of awful effects and amazing practical makeup. Okay. Uh, it's a little drawn out and a uh, lot of boobies. There's a bunch of boobies and a lot of blood. It's interesting that it's a little drawn out at an hour 21. That's brutal. It is. They could have went back to script phase and saved a little bit of money and tried to clean up some some set piece, had something in there. So, yeah, there's not too many. There's a bus. There's the desert outside the bus. Right. And it starts in Vegas. And it definitely feels like some guerrilla filming. Like, there's no way. Right. They got a permit to film oh, no, the strip, on the strip. Right. No way. But, yeah, this is. So there's a million boobies in this. And I say that because it's not like a soft core kind of weird 
right movie uh and the boobies kind of make sense so what happens i just a great sentence okay so what happens is the woman who is the bus driver is part of the satanic cult she drives these people not to where they're going but they're all jacked up on all kinds sure. of stuff because they're going to burning man takes them out to the desert where eventually all these people will come the satanic worshipers are trying to get a chosen one to appear out of them so they can turn it into a demon thing that will help bring about whatever the end of days they're bringing about a burning man pretty much okay um the worshipers i feel like the the cast that comprises the satanic worshipers because almost this whole movie is these people at night outside a bus and that is it they're all like either circus performers or burlesque dancers oh wow there's just women with their boobs hanging out and snakes everywhere and people shooting fire and people doing flips and i'm just like what am i actually watching yeah this is so bizarre it's like somebody wrote and there's like what do i have access to all this really weird shit right okay and tara reed and tara reed which you can argue is weird shit um (laughs) nipple nipple they um this movie is like not good, but like the ideas are pretty smart. You find out who is probably the chosen one because this person's a virgin. Hmm. So one thing they try to do is to have sex so she's not a virgin and she oh, can't fun. turn into this demon thing. There's a lot of smart little horror cliche things that they take care of. Nice. But then the movie's just not that good. That's a shame. So while I appreciate what they try to do here, it's just not that good. Right. It's not that good at all. And like the effects, the CGI is awful. Right. The practical effects are good. The makeup effects. There is some demon characters that show up i thought that was pretty cool nice but ultimately there's just not enough here damn yeah imdb gave it a 4.1 okay more than i thought (laughs) rotten tomato critics didn't do it there's three reviews that don't count the audience less than 50 people 23 percent yikes i gave it a three It's not. It's as a concept, it's fine enough, but as an execution, it sure ain't there. Damn. Yeah. It's a shame. You hate to see a good idea wasted. I mean, no one needs this, but it was. The title also feels a little lazy. Yeah. It needed three dots between party and to hell. Yeah. (laughs) What you got? I got a movie from 1972. Ooh. Is it Smokey and the Bandit? It's not. Dang. It is Asylum. I watched and this, the bandit just asylum. Oh, I watched it on January thirteenth of twenty twenty one. It is one hour and twenty nine minutes. Okay. Ever teasing you. It is a horror anthology film. <laughs> it's directed by Roy Ward Baker, starring Peter Cushing's. Britt Eklund and Patrick McGee, one of my favorite British actors. Mm-hmm. The IMDb movie summary. In order to secure a job at a mental institution, a young psychiatrist must interview four patients in the asylum. Mm. That's a good use of anthology. It's pretty cool, yeah. So it's like the doctor who's in charge of the asylum hires him on or is going to hire him on. And part of his interview is you need to go find these people. One of them is kind of like hyper like awful and you need to figure out which one of them it is so it's like pretty interesting concept it's like oh okay like one's like fully capable of being mur- like murdering people and i have to go just talk to him face to face so it's uncomfortable it's an interesting tie together it kind of makes you tense and like curious as to what like you know what i mean they're going to tell you their story and you got to figure it out pretty interesting so it's like all right that's kind of cool 
And this is an amicus horror anthology from the 70s, and they are kind of like the the cheaper, lesser ha- uh, hammer horror, a lot of crossover. Uh, the director, obviously, a big part of that. Weird little brother. Yep, exactly. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of crossover. They use the amicus model to try their more experimental stuff, the less classic horror, like the less like, universally horror kind of things that Hammer was famous for. McGee is great. He's so over the top, and he just brings it. Every story's different enough that they all feel unique and interesting. They may not work all, like every story may not work quite as well, but all of them are, they're so different that you're not bored by it. Like it may okay. have been like when it's done, you're like, that ah, didn't quite work as well for him. But then the next one, you're like, ooh, this is totally different. There's a, uh, there's a really cool moment. It's like one of my favorite things in this movie. And I watched this years and years ago and ended up picking it up when I got Tales of the Uncanny. And it's a part where in the story, the guy kills his wife and, or is it, no, it's reverse that. The wife kills the husband and chops him all up into pieces yes, and then do. wraps him up up in like brown butcher paper with twine around each piece and puts him in a freezer so she can dispose of him and the person she's been cheating on him with is coming over and on his way she gets stuck down in the basement and the pieces of the body start to move around independently through the basement so they're all wrapped in butcher paper so it's just like very like arm shape in butcher paper like crawling over it's all really cool and they can get away with some like less than stellar what would be less than stellar effects because they wrapped it in the paper to begin with so it's really a clever interesting scene where this body kind of comes together in pieces to kill this woman. Really smart and interesting concept. Wow. And there's a lot of that in there. There's like toys that are stop motion in one of the stories and stuff. It's pretty wild shit. Like it's a lot of fun. I like stop motion. Yeah, it's really neat and obviously they were working with what they had but Baker does a nice job of, you can tell he's worked a lot in the low budget space at that time so he's able to kind of eloquently, you know what I mean, shoot around it and get what he needs on the screen which is really cool. Uh, it's a lot of fun if you're into horror anthology again, it's one worth checking out, especially if you're into like the British horror stuff. IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 12 critics went back and reviewed this to 67%. Okay, yeah. uh, the audience, 250 plus people are off their rocker and only gave it a 48%. The fools, get yeah. on your rocker. Absolutely, get back up there. And I gave it a 7 out of 10. That's awesome. It's a really fun horror anthology. I, how would you grade the, the tie-in story? Does it successfully get it's, you there? It's awesome. Patrick McGee is the lead. The, he's the okay. doctor who hires on the uh, Peter Cushing character to do the the interviews. Nice. Oh my god, and if you're not familiar with Patrick McGee, have you seen Clockwork Orange? Yes. You know the weird creepy guy who's in the wheelchair, the food all right? Yeah, That's yeah, Patrick yeah, McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hyper over the top in every single thing he oh, is man. in. Do you want to do that for the podcast or should I do Clockwork Orange? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. There's some movies I'm just like, "Wait, we haven't done that yet. I wish yeah. we could do that." Yeah, That's it's close. it's good. It's nice that I can like ask Sam if she's seen a specific movie and she's just like, oh no, I haven't seen that. It's like, okay, cool. That's a good excuse to watch it at a point. Right. It's also fun to see somebody's reaction when they haven't seen anything. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I got to take us home the only way I know how. Some people know this movie by its original title. Saku Beden Deku Kodu Nemu Ashiyama Saki. That's how I know it. Yeah, it's from 2006. But uh, I know it by its American name, which is Yo-Yo Girl Cop. <laughs> I swear to God. Did you check to see if it was on my shelf? Because it is. Is it on your shelf? It's on my shelf. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Have you watched it? I have. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't think we'd have some common ground here. <laughs> yeah, Yo-Yo Girl Cop is on my Did you know there's a sequel? Shelf. I did not know there was a sequel. Spiritual kind of sequel? Okay. All right. Well, I'm so glad. Yes. This is like <laughs> when you watch Sukiyaki Western Django. Well, that one I figured there was a shot. Yeah. Tarantino involved in that. Yep, yep. All right. Well, I'm blown away. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
podcast over, I guess. Woohoo! Uh, I, wa- <laughs> I watched this on July 12th. Weird. Uh, IMDb Minutes. It's an hour 39. Genre action crime drama directed by Kenta Fukasaku, starring Aya Matsura, Rika Ishikura, and Erika Miyoshi. I feel bad, but you do this to yourself. Uh, that was more a handwriting problem there. Okay. That pen is bleeding. That pen's getting thrown out when I go Okay, home. good. It's a weird thing to say. Anyways, IMDb movie summary. Recruited by a clandestine police organization, K must stop a plot by student radicals to create anarchy in Japan. Armed with a high-tech yo-yo... <laughs> And a new name, she must infiltrate an elite high school to find the terrorist. Oh, this is the one that had the that makes no sense. But finds an even more sinister plan is about to unfold. I had to edit that to make it make sense. This is the one that had extra words and like they let anybody write a synopsis. On I that. know I wrote one. You did. Um, <laughs> but yours was much more eloquent than that one. Mine made sense. Uh, my bullet points and the main reason I watched this. This is from the creator of Battle Royal. Correct. And I think Battle Royal is one of the best things I've ever seen. I love Battle Royal. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, Battle Royal, good. The first time I saw that, it literally broke my brain. Yeah, it's super good. If you don't know what Battle Royal is, it's what they stole to create the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. All that Hunger Games success, stolen the, from The concept Royale. that Suzanne Collins just like, I had never heard of Battle Royale. And she's like, you are full of shit. You're absolutely full of shit. Yeah. Then you talk to someone who did. That's because right. Because there's no other way. That's right. Absolutely no way. And it's I think it's better than Hunger Games. It's a oh, little different. 100% agree. A little different. I understand different strokes for different folks. but Yeah, but you're wrong if you like the Hunger Games more. I like the Hunger Games books a lot as well. Like I'm not just fine from the films, but yeah, Battle Royale is just phenomenal. So this has, um, well, I'll tell you about the sequel when we're done. Okay. Because the sequel doesn't seem to have too much bearing on this. But okay. the basic idea of this is there's crime going on in school, so they hire girls that are close to that age or maybe a little older to go undercover as like a narc would to try to infiltrate the school, learn what's going on in the school. There is This is billed as an action movie. It is not. No. Not at all. Like, I own the DVD too, and it says action on it, and I'm uh-huh. like... Only at the end is there any fighting, and it's not the best action I've ever seen. Definitely not. This is more a crime thriller. Yep. And uh, as that I, that alone, if they had just written that on there, I think this would have scored a little higher. I think that's fair. Because this is not an action movie. I wanted an action movie. I did not get it. Right. But I enjoyed what I got. It was a pretty clever detective story, even if it's very, very, very silly. Yep. It has to do with uh, dark web. It has to do with... People can just getting into our children's heads so that they're like building bombs and doing all this terroristic kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It has a pretty clever uh, plot, but it's just a lot of like unnecessary shit. We follow these two girls predominantly, and it's like they're not quite interesting enough. Like they move it along, but like. Right. And then like there's like this part in the middle that doesn't feel correct where it's just like alright I'm gonna tell you the truth and it's like 20 minutes of this girl explaining the entire backstory and it wasn't anything I saw coming per se but because there's just no sign of it but then like as good as that was the explanation I'm like this doesn't feel like a, a a flow of a movie. No, it's because it's, it's not her. She just vomits out all the exposition, yeah. and it's just like that's it. It's like that's not why you watch a movie. You're supposed to unfold the exposition, not just have somebody vomit it out there. It's very strange. And knowing that Battle Royal is so good, I was a little confused by that. Yeah, uh, you get big, over-the-top anime characters at the end, definitely. And I appreciated that, but they just weren't good enough. No, it's the Act Three is definitely where you're gonna. 
like it builds to that, but kind of like a, it's a weird analysis, but last house on the left, there's not enough sure. going on in the last little bit to redeem what happened before it. Right. And I mean, she, she gets a cool costume. She does fight with a yo-yo. There she is does. a, there is a girl on girl yo-yo fight, which is actually pretty cool. It is. That's probably the best part of the movie. I agree. And it's just, and it, and that's another thing. Like there's, there's characters you're, that you're like, oh, you're bad, but you don't assume that they're that level of bad. You don't feel like they're that capable. Yep. And then you kind of get that reveal, which is fun. Look, I'm just saying it's a thing you can watch, okay? It's a movie. <laughs> they fight with yo-yos. I had fun. I it, I kind of had fun. Yeah. Um, I thought the idea was cool that like of, of like being a narc and going into school. And, yeah. Like, that's a cool enough idea. And having it be like a secret part of the police because you're really not supposed to do that. Exactly. Um, the sequel or spiritual sequel, I guess, is Yo-Yo Sexy Girl Cop. Oh, I see. Which is the same idea infiltrating a school because there's a prostitution ring in it. Oh, boy. So they just took out the explosion terrorist angle and went with prostitution. And oh, that wow. is your sequel. Interesting. Might be good. I don't know. I'll probably watch it just for continuity's sake. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> if I can find Find the dumb thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't amazing, so let's get out of here. Uh, IMDb, 5.1 out of 10. Okay. The Critics, 2,500 plus, 35%. Okay. No audience score. Oh, weird. That's weird. To have so many critics That's reviewed? a ton, yeah. I feel like I might have wrote that wrong. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> let's assume I wrote that wrong. Let's strike that. Reverse it. No, let's keep it the same because it's funnier. Okay, I like uh, it. I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, I'm right on point with about a... Like, the, I bought it literally because the title seemed absurd. Of course. And I was like, what is this? I'm sure it was like one of my free movies at yep. a movie stop where it's like, buy three, get one free. I'm like, oh, I can't pass up on that. Can't pass up Yo-Yo Yo Yo Girl Cop. But I, I watched like Machine Girl not too far in that and I was just like, this is crazy wild shit. So I need like Robo Geisha, like a bunch of the weird like yeah. girls kicking ass Japanese movies and Yo-Yo Girl Cop was definitely one of them. There's a lot of like girl cop things from like that's a subgenre I feel almost. Yeah, and I've watched was it Zero Cop and like some of those like those were actually pretty good. I don't know if they all were good. Right, like, they were good crime stories. This is not. Yep. So go outside and practice walking the dog. Yo yo. <laughs>